A ship of fools. Now, there's one thought that I have been having in my head for a long time, debating it all over Europe, wherever I went. There is this little interesting paradox at work in our history. Let's compare two ships. One is a ship with a one captain, a ship where everybody knows its role, his or her role, a ship where uh, every command is not disputed but carried out without any thought. People are really like robots. I mean, it's a ship where one person has free will and decides wh which road to take. And let's imagine everybody else, it's just like a, like a perfect human robot without any questions. Hmm? So that's a ship number two. Let's just call that dictatorship. And the second ship is a ship of... Uh, ship of let's just call it for the sake of the uh, argument right now, it's a ship of fools. So that ship number two does not have a dear leader or that leader is, is changed every half a year or every, every, every day, let's say, to compare that to the duration of a, of a boat trip. And that leader is not really listened to. I mean, his speeches are taken as suggestions. People have to vote whether they, whether they turn actually left or right. Everybody has a right to complain. Everybody has a right to express their opinion about the direction. And everybody can actually pretty much, you know, do whatever they want. Which ship <laughs> will get to its aim or to its destination first? Well, in the world of ships... <laughs> of course, it would be the ship number one. Uh, the, the ship number two doesn't even know where, where to go to start with. And even if it knew, it would take endless times for debates to, 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 to really convince everybody. And, and I mean, they can never really get 100% yes on let's go to the left rather than let's go to the right. There always will be some percentage of people that will doubt anything that the government says just because uh, the government is suspicious. I mean, I used to have that during the communist regime as well. Uh, everything that the government says is, is suspicious or, or, or directly evil. So there would be, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe 20% of our population anywhere which simply won't do it just because they were told to do it, period. I have a little bit of it, <laughs> or, 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 uh, but so I, I can understand that. So this ship of fools would probably, you know, in the world of ships, it wouldn't even leave the harbor, maybe. I don't know, maybe they would have a vote about that as well. Maybe would you just stay here? What's the point of going into a dangerous mission for you know, dubious benefits? So, but when this comes to the level of countries, ironically, this ship of fools... <laughs> wins every time uh, or almost every time uh, let me hear in the comments what you think over the dictatorship in the beginning the dictatorships get ahead this is the way the world looked on communism in the early let's say 40s 50s or late 40s early 50s when communism was gaining foothold in not only russia but also in czechoslovakia and other countries the West was, you know, sort of sympathetically, okay, that's an alternative to capitalism, that's an alternative to democracy. I mean, on paper, it looks better. On paper, it looks like these totalitarian leaders will be able to outrun this competition of 
fools where nobody ever tells nobody what's going to happen next year in Russia. Next year, they produce a certain amount of vehicles and this one company that can enjoy the economy of scale. Why spend, I don't know, 10% of your income fighting the competition and not sharing your uh, your tricks and tips after all we should be able to see which card is the best so this one is the best so we'll make these cars and these cars only for everybody so that they're cheap and affordable we don't really need to waste all that energy in debates and in competition and in trying to elbow each other etc 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 so again on the paper the dictatorship looks like the more successful one but when it comes to countries this has really never been the case the most successful countries have been these ships of fools, um, democratic countries where every single opinion is precious, even if it's an extreme opinion with which nobody agrees. We are protecting small worms, you know, before we want to build a highway, we really go through a national debate over, you know, what kind of ecological and, and other harms this can do. Whereas in Russia or China, the dictator wakes up one morning, there should be a highway here from here to there. And there is a highway being constructed, maybe even on the very same day that that leader comes up with it. But because of something that I call kindness of nature, which is uh, something I'll devote a couple of other podcasts to, that good things go or hand in hand, that our reality is nowadays structured in a way that, um, that uh, good angels, so to speak, uh, propagate other good angels. So freedom goes together with wealth, which didn't have to be that way. It you know, could also be that the society of orcs uh, would be richer than the, the, the free society of free people. But thanks to the kindness of nature, uh, the totalitarian regimes never really make it into a generally rich and, and happy society, nor do they achieve their goals. I mean, if you look at the, the goals of communism, which have been expressed by Marx and Engels, uh, at the end of Communist Manifesto, you will see that they have eight, uh, eight things that they want to achieve. And this is why we have to go through the bloody revolution, because capitalism itself will never be able to, 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 to do these eight things. So we need to kill it. We need to kill the zombie, so to speak, and reinstall a whole new organism in order to have a mandatory school system, <laughs> B, uh, healthcare pro uh, insurance for everyone. And it goes on and on and on. And you sitting here in Europe, you go one after another. Yeah, I take that off. That Yeah, we have that. We have that too. We have that. And you know what? Without a revolution. So uh, our ship, the ship of fools, the directionless ship actually is at the end of the day, more, much more productive and much more efficient, even in, a, you know, getting to the goals that nobody really sort of aimed at in the beginning. And you can see this real well in the Czech Republic in 1989, where we actually made the leap from central planning to, okay, let everybody do whatever they want. This is something that I think is the key wealth of, um, of philosophy and political economy is that we have come, you know, hundreds of years back through the work of Adam Smith and Montesquieu and, 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 and John Locke and, 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 um, and, and others, we come to a non-trivial conclusion that you can do this Kierkegaardian leap of faith from control to no control 
and the country actually functions better without a king or with a symbolic king only, an if leader, then a temporary leader, so that he can't really lead. I mean, what, how much can you lead in four years? And that's also that's difficult to do even in a, in a business environment, let alone in a country. So we intentionally try not to have any leaders. And we are, as a system, much more successful than the, totali than the totalitarian systems that thought to outperform the free and rich West. This has been your Checkmate.